I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast, who are proud to be sponsored by the Insurance Practice. The team at the Insurance Practice specialise in family protection and life insurance. And who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans? Listeners of The Gallant Few will get a free protection review. So get in touch with the team at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact The Gallant Few for more information. Welcome to the Gallant Few. My name's Scott Hodge, and today I'm joined with Ian McCready. Hi, Ian. Afternoon, boys. Joined with Colin McDuff. He's in the Gary McAllister role today, just supporting the, the main man. I think it's more like that sketch for tuning the fat. You know, anytime <laughs> you stand up, I'll stand up. <laughs> and the long-awaited return of Graham Curry. You've been avoiding us. Afternoon, guys. No, no, no. Good news. Busy man. Very good. So this week uh, we're going to discuss uh, another excellent week for Rangers. Colin, how good is it seeing this every Sunday? I know that. You think, uh, are we going to get bored of this? But it's just, it is. It's better and better every week, doesn't it? It is. It is good. It's starting to be like Groundhog Day, but I'll I'll take it every day of the week anyway. So I'm going to look back at today's 2-1 victory over Dundee United and a 2-0 victory against Lech Poznan. Rangers continue their unbeaten run this season, starting at Aberdeen on the 1st of August. Gerrard's team have played 29 games, winning 25 and drawn only four times. Ian, I think we can all say it's better than what all of us would have expected. Oh, absolutely. I I don't imagine there'd been many Rangers fans at all expecting to get to the middle of December, still undefeated and, and playing really good football the way we are. Absolutely, and um, 
yeah, as as you said, that is a wonderful achievement. Let's hope uh, we can keep this going and the silverware will ho- hopefully follow. Uh, my views on it is, you know, if and when that we do drop points domestically, it's all about how we bounce back. Will it be the next game or will we, you know, go out and get back to our best or will it take us two, three, four games to really recover? Graham, would you say that's a, a fair point to, to bring up? Yeah, no, that's an agreement. Total agreement with you there. Um, I think the recovery time is is, a, is a, a key factor as well. Just being able to, and, and that squad now is looking good. No matter who we're bringing in now is um, is doing the job. Everyone knows their job, and it's just slot anybody in, and they'll, they've, been, they've been drilled, they've been instructed, and they're all going to do the job that they've been brought on to do. So yeah, definitely. Right, so we'll move on to today's game um, against Dundee United. The starting lineup was McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Barisic, Arfield, Davis, Kamara, Ruth, Morelos, and Kent. Colin, a really, really strong side after some changes uh, midweek. Were you happy with the team, or was there anyone you would like to have seen in the, in the starting eleven today? I think I've said this before that although like most of us will have a preference of who we want in for each game, but I don't think there's anyone realistically bar bringing in one of the under-14s. There's nobody that you can bring in that you're going to be unhappy with. You know, obviously, some people prefer maybe Davis over Kamara or uh, Aribo over, over Haji or Ken or whoever, but I think yeah, we are at a place now that... Well, as Graham said, we've got such a strong squad in MD coming in. It's, yeah, you're just content with. I was hoping Ryan Jack would have been back able to play for this, but I think we're still erring on the side of caution. Other than that, I would have wanted maybe him and uh, ahead of Kamara, but I was happy with that team. Other than that. Yeah, I think for me personally, I think I would have liked to have seen Aribo. I think he's particularly good in tight areas and, and creating space, but Again, not many many concerns in, in my view. So Rangers didn't start badly, but Dundee United did have a few good chances when it was still now now. They had a, I remember a series of, of corners um early on. Um despite having, you know, low possession, they did have quite a few chances. Ian, any concerns or was that really really to be expected when playing away from home? No concerns at all these days with defensively. We've just been so solid when it comes to like defending corners and stuff like that and <clears throat> there was one we um Stramash, wasn't there where they had a few shots and we managed to get a, a few blocks and everybody's just kind of thrown their body in front of it these days and it's it's good to see that one it's every shot was always charged down or blocked so i i don't have any we're always going to face corners unless we're playing celtic these days so i don't have any defensive nervousness these days i think We've just dealt with everything as it's been thrown at us. Ian, I thought we could have. I thought McGregor could have came for a couple of those corners. Seen the first. Um, <laughs> Do you know, McGregor, sorry. Yeah, those Tramashes are, are where we concede goals, I think. I know that's hard to say because we've conceded practically none this season, but when it when it is, that's when I get nervous, is when it's bobbling about and it's bouncing about. And if McGregor could just come in, punch it or, cap, or catch it, it just alleviates the pressure there, but because when when we're when we've got more banks and we get more defenders and the balls in front of us, I don't see many people getting in behind us. I don't. That's no doesn't happen very often. 
So that was my only concern, is just that from the, the from the corners there. I think it's a good point. Um, I don't think McGregor's ever been the most commanding when it's coming out for crosses or anything, but I think we overlook it just because he is such a, a great shot stopper. So anyway, we got the, the breakthrough um, with, a, with a moment of genius from our, our captain, James Tavernier. What a free kick call and most, I mean, must have been about 35 yards out. And I think Alan McCoy said if it had been Messi or Ronaldo, we'd have been, been talking about this for months. The choice was absolutely spot on with that. Is the height Tavernier gets in gets in that shot? He goes so high and dips so well at the right time. No, no keeper saving that, regardless of what league you're in. It was a, it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant goal, and it just it adds to it. Kind of sums up how we are in terms of an attacking threat this season. We we can get goals for open play. We can get goals for set pieces. Tavernier himself can get goals for open play and set pieces. And you look at him and Barisic were standing over that ball and if you're the keeper, you realistically don't really know what one's going to take it. We're a different, absolutely different animal. Uh, this year we set pieces for three kicks in particular, but Tavernier, it just really sums up the season he's having. I think, I think that's a really good point you make when it's Barisic and Tavernier over a free kick because it's it's two completely different I know if, as a keeper you say all, all my job here is to do is keep this out of the back of the net and you know nine times out of ten it's going to go into that corner but you know the way goalkeepers set up it is a, it is a difference like when it's a right or left foot and they're both just terrific you know set plays and, and dead ball situations. don't know if any of you have noticed that the boy uh, Conley it was Conley that gave the free kick away he tackled Ruth brought him down but he was standing in the wall and the ball also goes over the over the wall, and I don't know if you noticed Conley, but he, he was so confident because of the height on it. He starts walking forward as if to just charge it. He, he just could not believe it. He could not believe that the ball had actually hit the back of the net. It was yeah, it was just something I had caught at the corner where I thought it was quite funny that he was just so confident. But it just shows you the amount of dip that he must have put on the the free kick, you know. I think most people thought that the free kick was far too far out to. Even trouble the keeper, never mind Nesso in the top corner. So uh, it was a terrific free kick, and that must be one of his one of his best Rangers goals anyway for for us. Uh, we move on to to Dundee United equalising um, with a Rangers like goal. Actually, one fullback crosses to another, and um, and he finishes it. So hands up, I thought it was actually a decent goal from them, which which pains me to say it because it's it's Dundee United. But Ian, looking at it from a Rangers point of view. Of course, there is always things that we can do better, but is there anything in particular, or do we just need to hold our hands up and say it was it was a good goal? I think that Kent has to be more alert to the right, the runner, the right back. Barisic gets dragged in, doesn't he, by the man inside him? So he's got to, he, Barisic isn't to blame for me at all. He's covering the man who's who he's got to cover. He's covering a more central man rather than the wide man. So I think Kent has to just be a wee bit more alert. If if the, the right back's charging charging on like that, he's got to be a wee bit more alert and cover. There was one point early in the game where I think the right back was charging at the part and Kent just gets back and nicks it off him, doesn't he know Kent's there? So maybe just that, a wee bit more alert from Kent or maybe an, a middle, another midfielder, but it's because it's, it's come from one side right to the other. That I think it, it's Kent's responsibility there to be covering that right back. So that would be my only criticism of the goal. 
I think we're just getting a taste of our own medicine there, aren't we? You know, that's that's the kind of things we're getting. We're getting our fullbacks into the six-yard box. That's what we're doing. So I think we're just a wee taste of our own medicine. I, I totally agree with Ian. There's no um, fault on Barisic at all. But I was just wondering if someone who could have alerted him to say, the ball's way over you. I just don't think he realised the guy was at his back post. So if he knew, or if somebody had just said to him, you know, focus on the ball now, ignore that guy, he might have been able to just react a second quicker and maybe get a block in. But yeah, I don't think you can put too much um, too much blame on Borna for it. Actually, um, I'm probably going to get slated here, the, the man at the moment, Tavernier. I think he can maybe do better to stop the ball going in. And I think we've spoken about that in maybe the last few weeks. I think it was the standard Liege game where there was maybe Kamara not getting in quick enough to uh, their winger on the right-hand side and the ball goes in. And I think that's where we do potentially let teams in. I think the way we're set up, we try and push teams out wide because we that's we've got maybe Arfield and Tavernier covering one side, Kamara and Barisic the other. But it only takes Tavernier to not react that one second quicker to let that ball in. And I think that's something that Maybe like this season, our centre halves have been doing excellent, so they've been mopping that up. But that is that is a way we let teams in, and we were punished for it today. Ken, I'm uh, Ian. I'm not letting you away with this one. Sorry, in, in terms of I know we've moved on a wee bit, but in terms of Ken, should do, do you really think that Ken should be back there from a cross ball? You know, maybe a yard away from there. Should he be tracking that far? Is that not, he's playing as an attacker. Do you think it should be that far back to, to make an interception and tracking that runner? Absolutely. If, if a centre-half steps out with the ball, does Morelos just stop chasing him? No, he, he's got to chase him. Uh, he's got to be... I think he's got to be more aware. You can't just stand up front all day or, or every time... If that's the case, they will leave three up front just standing there. Most teams will become aware of that and... And then start to push an extra man on. You know, if you kind of just stand up front. He's he's not Lionel Messi. You can't get away with it. No, because I, I think Kent has been praised for his for his work work ethic, especially we all know about his attacking attacking flair. I think there has to be a point where he passes that on. Now, maybe that was his fault. Maybe not saying to the likes of Kamara, "Look, this is your man." He's went past my zone or whatever, which you know they clearly work on. I think it's quite a lot to ask for him to go back in his own six yard to make a clearance. But I mean, that is a good point. Um, obviously, the Rangers coaching staff will, will know better than better than us for. But I think in terms of him coming back there, that would that would be a very very hard shift for him. I know it's uh, you you make a great point saying he's not Lionel Messi and he can just sit up front. But to go that deep, it would be be quite difficult. He had one earlier in the game though, where he chased the guy all the way back. So. He's done it in that instance. Why not do it this time? Oh, well, as I say, it's maybe one for the coaching staff. But um, yeah, it, it does work hard. Maybe it was just a yeah. Not. I don't. I don't disagree. It doesn't work hard. I think maybe just he's just switched off for a minute, and and, and the right back's been allowed to run free. Yeah, definitely. And as as I said earlier, he needs to communicate if he has passed them on, or even give Bomber a shout. But we'll move on to a more positive note. Connor Goldson. Connor Golson, sorry, uh, <laughs> got his back in front. Uh, surprise, surprise, a, a tab delivery and a great header from, by Connor. Sixth goal this season for him. 
Graham, uh, a, a great threat from set pieces, especially with the quality of delivery we have, isn't it? Quality of delivery, um, ideal cross, um, but the twist and the power that it got into the cross, it got into the header, was phenomenal. I really, um, yeah, a really impressive header to be able to do that. Got it right in the corner. It was inside of the post anyway, actually hit with it. So, um, fantastic header. And he's doing it time and time again. He's always up there. He is a threat now. So, yeah, really good. And it was really good to see it happening so quick. It was like a, a really good response to go to that leveller. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't start panning. We just kept doing the same things. Just kept going through our routines, going through our drills, going through our passing uh, movements that we've obviously been trained on and yeah it was it, yeah that's what I liked about it it was that the fact that we've done it so quick after and yeah the, 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 the power that he managed to generate in that header was really impressive definitely and um, I think again another really good point when not that we've went behind or you know been might have been frustrated for a longer period of time. We've not panicked and we've kept to the same principles and not not try to change up our, our game plan necessarily, even though we're not winning comfortably. We'll still stick to the same principles, which is which is always always good to see. One of the major talking points from the first half as well is Morelos getting booked for a, for a stupid elbow. Sky Sports saying lucky to be a yellow. Colin, what was your your thoughts on it being a yellow, and can you do the honours of calling uh, Alfie a wee fanny? Because it's been quite a while. <laughs> I'd really be completely honest with you. He was being a wee fanny. <laughs> um, that's ah yeah. For me, that that'd be a red card. I'd, I would be furious if I don't. I'd be furious if Shanklin done that to Golson. I think it is a as a a red card. You can debate. The what about today all day long about if if other people get away with that in Scotland, uh, but that's a that's a completely different conversation. I think with the rules of the game, he's when you see him running, he's not even looking at the ball. He's just got his eyes fixated on the player, and he jumps, and it's after he jumps when he's coming back down. That's when he pushes his arm out. I think that is a red card in today's game. I'm going to sound a bit hypocritical here, and sorry if I'm jumping ahead uh, too much, but Gerard's comments afterwards, I don't know if you've heard in uh, Clyde, and uh, he was asked, do you think it's Morelos is lucky that he's only came away with a yellow card and said that he doesn't want to answer that question, and he's defending Morelos, and as much as I said that as a red card, good on Gerard, he should be defending Morelos because I think... If this was Shanklin on Golson, there wouldn't be the media outcry. It'd just be all one of those things. It's only getting right and made about because it's been Alfredo Morelos. And I think Gerald knows that now that there'll be a different portrayal in the media for players. So fuck the rest and I'm good on Gerald. <laughs> Graham, if you get any thoughts on that? It was really a question for you because I was actually happy that he got booked. Because my understanding is that. Now that he's got booked, he can't be cited by a compliance officer. Um, if, that, if that went unpunished, which it did look like it was going to go unpunished, I think it was just going to be a, a foul and that was it. And then there was a bit of a you know an outcry by the Dundee United players and then he booked him. Um, I was just wondering if that does rule him out. I don't know if any of you know that, but I was just concerned because if it does go to the compliance officer, well, if it did go to the compliance officer, it was going to be a five-match ban and six months in Berlin. 
<laughs> I think um, it potentially could still go to the compliance officer. So because the referee's angle, if it's deemed that the referee didn't fully see the arm go out, the referee might have booked him for like maybe jumping into him, but the referee was actually behind him, so he might not have seen that. The arm. I'll be completely honest, I'd be shocked if this doesn't go to compliance officer just because of the player and the club. Um, you know, whether it should or shouldn't is a different conversation. I, I can see this going to compliance officer, and I think it'll be on the grounds that the referee, it can only ever go to compliance officer if the referee has missed something. So even though he's seen enough to fill, he might have missed that arm. So I think that's why it'll go. Yeah, I guess it will depend on the referee's report and, and what they've seen. Uh, a bit of a penalty shout as well in the first half, Ian, with Ryan Kent. What did you did you think it should have been a penalty? You get it for, for me, you get it. <laughs> I think he does, he does kind of catch him, doesn't he? I think it probably is a penalty. Kent's by him, he doesn't touch the ball. The referee doesn't think that's a foul. Then <laughs> why is Kent gone down? And surely. It happens so often. Like, why would Kent go down? Uh, he's got no reason to go down. He's he's past the man. He stays on his feet. He's got a cut back to somebody. But it's because he's been filled. He's gone down. If he doesn't feel he's been filled, he surely has to then book him for diving because he's gone down and claimed for a penalty. For me, it's a penalty. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Alan McCoy said in commentary, so I still went to the Alan McCoy podcast today, but <laughs> yeah, he, he said it wasn't a fill, but it wasn't a dive, didn't he? Like, it was just, you know, a regular passage of play, really. If it's not a fill or a dive, what is it, though? Like, if he, he doesn't win the ball and he doesn't touch Ryan Kent, it's got to be a dive. It's it's It can't be... Not one. It's not like he's slipped or he's trodden on the ball. He's, he's. It's. It's got to be a penalty or a dive for me. I think it's a penalty, Ian. I. I think the speed in which Ryan Kent runs at defenders, um, makes it a penalty for me. So when you slowed it down and you put it into the slow motion replay, it doesn't look like there's much in it. It, it. There's no much contact, right? But see when Kent's running at a defender at that pace. And he's got by the defender. He has touched his thigh. He, he touched the, the defender touched his thigh enough for it to hit his other thigh. So his legs have came together and he's went down. I know there's no much in it, but it, it's a foul. It's, a, it's definitely a foul. If that's outside the box, that's a foul. So it's got to be a penalty. I think you can give a bit of leeway to the linesman because the linesman's at the other side of it, so he can, I would say, award the penalty. But I think the referee needs to be in a better position. He's about 10 yards outside the box and it's no close enough to make that decision so um, a bit of fault on the referee on that one the referee was doing my head in the day honestly the, especially the first half see the, the amount of times he was coming to have a wee word with defenders uh, with Dundee United players he was wanting a wee chat with them you know a wee, wee chat well you can't do this wee chat and it, it was breaking up our play we like to get into a rhythm and it just seemed to be breaking up our play in the first 15-20 minutes it was so frustrating and then to compound that at the very end we get a corner very end of the first half we get a corner um, and he blows the whistle at 45 minutes and 11 seconds no time to hit this corner but how, how can that be? you've already booked about two players and you've had chats with about three different other players It was and there's been goals there's, uh, yeah, 
it was just frustrating the life with me. Now, I'm an amateur referee, well, an ex-amateur referee, as you know, but that's, um, and I kind of defend referees when I can, but no, today he was just absolutely killing me today. I, th- I thought we also had two other penalty shouts. So the Goldson one, well, the defenders just pretty much wrestled him to the ground. But there was also one where Kamar Rush, he kind of, he bursts into the box, the defender doesn't quite know he's there, but the defender makes a cracking challenge, but the keeper then cleans Roof out. At what point does, like, so this is probably more in towards you, Graham, then. At what point is it that, I don't know, I don't really know how to word it. Um, so I don't know the, the, the defenders made the tackle, but the, the keepers cleaned them out. So at what point does Roof stop being in play or whatever it is uh, it, it doesn't matter it's a foul it doesn't matter if the ball's anywhere near play you're in the middle of a pitch so yeah. a foul can take place anywhere it doesn't need to be that um, you know the ball's within 10 or 20 yards of you for it to be a an active situation if you like if it's a, yeah you're absolutely right it's a penalty if it's a foul it just happens to be that the ball's been cleared then it doesn't matter it's still a foul I think a point for that see like uh, Van Dyke's injury when uh, Jordan Pickford cleaned him out and because it was offside it wasn't a, a foul and he didn't get reprimanded for it it's, yeah. I know it's completely comparing apples to oranges but it's, it's a similar sort of situation a foul's a foul it doesn't matter if there's been a great challenge beforehand or not the keeper's made a clumsy challenge and put a, a player at, at risk so I always knew your, um, your refereeing Qualifications would come in handy someday, Graham. <laughs> There's also a reason why I'm an ex-amateur referee. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to, I think most of the action was in the first half, to be fair, so we'll, we'll probably rush through the, the second half. Again, I thought Rangers um, controlled um, the majority, well, most, all of it really, um, looking for a third goal. A lot of chances, but probably the most clear one for for, for myself um, was was Morelos with a with a cross from Barisic and Alfredo took quite a poor touch and and the ball landed to Tav and Morelos just got himself in the way and couldn't really hit it clearly. Colin is Morelos lack of goals a, a concern and is it affecting him? I mean that. I can remember a, a few chances where he's actually completely missed the ball, like try to shoot first time. Should maybe, you know, maybe give him a couple of games out to, in the bench just to get his confidence back. Mm. So to answer your first two questions, uh, uh, his lack of goals is affecting his confidence absolutely, and he, he is out of form uh, in front of the goal anyway. But I think he was quite poor today, all in all. But. Again, I, I've been on record the last few weeks saying that even though he's not been scoring, he's still so important to the way we play. And he, he didn't have a great game today, but you still see the shape he creates, even off the ball, when he comes deep and allows Arfield to run forward or to allow Ruth or Kent to run in behind him. I think, uh, yeah, I, I still don't think we're giving him enough credit in what he's done this season. But aye, there's no getting away. He has to be scoring more than what he is, and I think I don't know if dropping them from the bench, dropping them to the bench for a couple of games, is the right thing for him or the team. Maybe on Tuesday night, you know, it's the right game to bring it in. But I'd fully expect Morelos to be back in on Saturday against Motherwell, Motherwell, Motherwell. Sorry, 
but it does it does need a goal. Whether it's I don't know the keeper tries to clear it, it comes off his arse and puts it goes in. He needs a goal just to get his confidence because I think if he gets a goal and it doesn't have to be as prolific as what it was last year, but a, a goal even every two games keeps his confidence up. And I think he is a, a confidence player. He has to know that how how important a role he's having right now. See, I do agree with what you're saying, Colin, in terms of we shouldn't put him to the, you know, maybe drop him out for a few games. But, Ian, I'll come to you early. When we took him out at the start of the season, um, we got a great reaction from him. He just seemed like a new player. I think it was an international break and he was in every day for two weeks, Gerard was saying, and he looked a lot fitter and hungrier. Do you think we could, we could maybe take him out for a couple of games and we'd see a react? Well, who knows? We might get suspended and that we might need to. <laughs> With that elbow, but do you think that's maybe something we should consider? I do. I think he, I think he had a shocker today. And you mentioned a couple of fresh air shots. The one where he brings it down in the box, he should just be hitting that first time. I I, I don't see why a ten can't do the same role. I think when you you look at it, a ten played well on uh, Thursday. I thought he played well when he came on today. I think he gives you the same option. I think unlike when it was like the four last season and you couldn't, your striker, they couldn't play these back to go. We have that option in a 10 this year where a 10 is more than capable, as we've seen, of, of taking the ball in with his back to go, linking the play. So I, I'd drop him out and I'd put a 10 in. I'd give a 10. A, a, like Morelos, like you say, he's been important to like what we've been doing, but I think a 10 can play that same role where he can play with his back to go and uh, take the ball in, bring others into play. Um, and I think he's done enough in the last game and a half, whereas Morelos hasn't, to, to justify being played. I think we we at him, Ian, uh, you're probably right for Tuesday night, it's a game he should be starting. But I think, I don't, I don't think he does, he's not done enough for me to say that he can do the exact same role as Morelos. When Atten's playing through the middle, which I think is his best position, I think he has more of a kind of um, a focal point, um, kind of spearhead in the front three. Whereas Morelos, he he interchanges so much with the two either side of him. It's you know how often do we see Kent coming in the middle and Morelos pushing out to the left or Roof coming inside and Morelos can go out to the wide right and support tab. I don't think you get that way in, and this is what I'm saying about. I like Atten maybe maybe more likely to get a, a goal right now, but I think Morelos is just so he's so fluid in how he plays and the team's so fluid right now and Morelos is a big part of that. I think there's some good points raised. I think I think we may see a bit more rotation with Atten. Um, we'll touch upon him when we get to like Poznan game and more, but I think he's you know, he's 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 playing well at the moment and we may see a bit more of him as well. So despite, as I say, a few good chances in the second half, we're unable to, to find a third in the match, finish 2-1, three points and job done to put more pressure on our rivals in third place. So Graham, uh, the gaffer talked about winning ugly today. It was an ugly win, but the most important thing was, was three points when we went to Tannadice, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, he anticipated a not great performance. I don't know how you can anticipate that other than maybe thinking it is going to be a bit of a fight. <clears throat> I think we were up for the fight today, which was good to see. Midfield, to me, was fantastic. Everybody was putting in challenges. Um, no giving them a minute. 
So, and it was not just your normal sort of press that we've been doing, that, um, that sort of buzzword that's been used, that, that press that's been happening recently. There was a bit, actually a bit of fight needed today. There was actually, a, you know, a wee bit of niggle needed and every one of them was up for it. Every one of them was putting that challenge in. And I know you've been saying that Morelos had a bit of a shocker today. He had a bit of a shock, shocker in terms of his shooting and his discipline, but I thought he was a useful player in terms of his um, fight, which I think we needed. Um, so that was a, a useful attribute to have today. Um, and then when Itten came on, he, you know, within a minute, he was right in about it. He had done exactly the same thing. He had went into a flying challenge and just, no dirty, nothing, you know, just, I'm here. Everything done with pace and everything was done with, with power, um, a good tackle. But yeah, the midfield done it for me today. I think it was the a midfield battle at times, and we were certainly there for the battle. Um, Davis, for me, epitomised that. He was in about everything. Um, winning headers, just we here and there, just getting there first, getting there, getting to that second ball first, a wee second before anybody else. Um, yeah, Davis epitomised that for me and he was man of the match for me um, because of that. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so we'll we'll have a look at our, our final uh, group game of the Europa League against Lech Poznan. So it was a 2-0 victory to, to top our group and be part of the, the seeded teams for the last 32 draw. Before we get on to the game, Colin, what an achievement to top this group and just as impressive to be undefeated as well. It really is. I think yeah, we were well, the Foyers were talking last week about how they would set up for this game. It's a it's a nothing game really because uh, they had nothing to play for. We had already qualified. It was it was good that we only well I say we only made a few changes, made seven changes, but there was still a lot of first team players there, and we went out to to do a professional job and got the win. I think the fact that we got the win, it's, it's kept the momentum coming into today and it just keeps that winning mentality. Because if we put out a squad of the under-21s um, or whatever, there's every chance in that can just take the take the sign of the gas. Into, yeah, um, momentum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, a, a number of changes, seven in total, um, which which was expected, to be honest, with a team of John McLaughlin, uh, Patterson, Goldson, Balgan, Barisic, Arfield, Zungu, Kamara, Ahaji, Itten and Aribo. Uh, Ian, a, a few questions here. So, firstly, are we happy with all the changes and confident for a win? And secondly, the... The major talking point in the lineup is is clearly Nathan Patterson starting his first European match. So, how excited were you to see a, a Rangers academy academy player starting the game, and, and how do you think he done? It's good to see it's good to see an academy player getting in the team. We've not really had any since we were down the league. Eh? Good to see him, and hopefully, it shows that there's a there is the the pathway there for the youth players that if they are working hard and doing well, playing for the, the B team or the, the youth team or wherever they're playing, then uh, there is the potential to be in, in the first team, uh, maybe not involved every week, but we, we, it, is going to, it is a long season, a lot of games, so we are going to at times need to put the kids in at, so, at, at some point. And yeah, it was great to see Patterson playing and all the changes, like... I was more than happy. It's more changes the better for me. 
what I was a little surprised at was that we brought on Kent, Morelos and Tav. Um, I, I didn't see any need to bring them on. I thought we were more than comfortable within the game. And, you know, it, it, it bring them on and, and risk potentially getting a, a wee knock or a wee niggle or something just seemed a bit stupid to me. But, yeah, good performance overall. And, yeah, got a, got a, a rest for a few players. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, it's always going to be hard for the likes of Nathan Patterson to really impress because we have such a, you know, we talk about it every week, the quality and influence we have in a player like Tav in his position, it's going to be hard to to show that you're half as good as that. Um, I guess it would be probably a lot more different if a first-choice fullback was Hotley Hodson or, or Cut Broadfoot, you know what I mean? But he's up against, you know, a very high-caliber player who's version an international duty, perhaps, you know, so... Um, fair play, I thought he'd done well. It, it, you know, he didn't set the game alight, but I thought he'd done everything that was asked of him. Um, so it was a pretty balanced first half. I thought there was you know, good chances for both sides. I remember McLaughlin pulling off a few good saves. So Graham, I, I mean, he truly is a wonderful keeper, John McLaughlin. And, you know, he is probably too good to have as your backup, isn't he? No, I don't think he's too good to be my backup. It's, a, it's, good, to have a, <laughs> it's good to have a good a quality backup. You know, he's... Um, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Is he got dropped? So McGregor must be the number one. He's there. He's just there. that is the decision of the manager. He is the number one. But McGregor, uh, McLaughlin's got so many clean sheets. The amount of clean sheets that he's got is incredible. So he's, um, yeah, he's definitely worthy of a place. But I guess McGregor's the man, and you're not going to shift him. Um, Unless it is four games like this, or if it's maybe a league cup game, we might get in and, and get a result, uh, get a get a run out. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Yeah. No, he did have a right good few saves, as you say. He kept us in the game at the beginning. Um, but nothing too... Nothing too um, frightening for me, for, for Poznan. I thought they were... Nothing to be feared. Even though we had so many changes, I thought we managed the game well. I think it suits us to play in Europe. You know, we get the time to actually pass the ball and and make our make our game plan a little bit easier. It's a wee bit more difficult. And I noticed it today. And I don't know if it's just the camera angle, but and I noticed it at Ross County as well. 
a lot shorter triangles and a lot shorter spaces, whereas in Europe, you seem to have more time, more time to actually pass the ball about and, and make that, um, make more movements that we've obviously been, been training on. A wee point on your triangles there. Um, don't all the teams make their pitch as small as possibly allowed when they play us? And then in Europe, there's actual guidelines of your pitch has to be an, an absolute dimension, is there not? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they do um, short bring their pitches in. You can actually see it in some pitches when you see them. You've got two shy lines, basically, sometimes when you go to some pitches, don't you? Yeah, so we, we took the lead through with a terrific goal from, from Cedric Hitton, who we were just discussing. So, Colin, we, we discussed this last week as well, you know, seeing him through the middle, and uh, it was great to see him in this score sheet. Again, that'll do his, his, his confidence wonders, won't it? Again, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here. I'm just when on about how Mirebo should be still ahead of him, but I thought he was excellent on Thursday night. He really was. Uh, what really annoyed me, I said this to you, was I don't know if Rob McLean had a bad experience eating a Toblerone once and he hates all things Swiss, <laughs> but he, he didn't give... The way he was speaking about Itton was all in for the shadows to try and get a, a chance. He, he had an assist last weekend, but no, I thought... I thought he had a terrific game um, and you could tell he was up for it. You could tell this was his, his chance to you know, to make an impact at a, a decent level because as much as we were saying this was a nothing game, it's still you're still playing in Europe. You're still playing against a, a top team for the continent um, in Poznan and they really gave us a hard time at Ibrox. But I thought I was delighted with how Itton played. So I'll, I'll, open this, I'll open this question up to the floor. What type of striker do you think he is? Because when we first bought him, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and I said that I thought he'd be a more of an old-fashioned type striker just because his physique, you know, tall and strong and maybe not that great with his feet and, and touch, you know, holding the play up and getting people in, involved. But I think, t- you know, I've been actually surprised about how good technically he is. He seemed very smart on the ball, especially midweek. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think he's probably a bit of an all-round striker. I think he can do a bit of everything. I think we've seen he can he can hold the ball up, he can play as the lone striker, we've seen him play off the right. He's got a good work rate. He can, like when he's get been given a chance, I think he can score a goal. I think he's just got he's got that wee bit of everything. Maybe just maybe just lacks that maybe the wee bit of pace to properly be a top top like player. I think maybe that's the only criticism I'd have of him. Maybe just lacking a wee bit of pace. But uh, so far, everything I've seen from him, he's big, he's strong, he works hard, uh, he can score a goal. Yeah, I, I think he's just a bit, a bit of an all-round striker. I don't, I don't see him as like a target man or as like a link man. Or I, I think he can do it all. Yeah, I think the key thing you said there, work rate, that's the one thing that sticks out for me. He's absolutely everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere on that pitch, just trying to get involved, closing things down. You know, but a cliche that people say is, you know, you defend from the front. But it, it's so apparent we that that is the case. He's always trying to close something down or come deep. Um, so all-rounder, yes. The only thing he wouldn't probably be then is a penalty box striker. He's not a, he's not a Jermaine Defoe. So other than that, he's just an all-round striker that's going to do... Uh, maybe a forward you better, better call on him then, but uh, 
promising signs for this guy. Yeah, he looks really good to me. You know, just moving on to the game again, uh, Hadji had a good chance to, to double our lead in this, the, the first half. Um, it was unlucky, it just went wide. However, he scored a goal that even yourself, Colin, would have uh, would have scored. Um, again, uh, we discussed, obviously, Goldson being such a threat from set pieces. He was unlucky not to score, but, you know, great play from Hadji to, to follow up. Just for a bit of context for the listeners there, I've probably played football between the ages of 11 and then on and off to 26. And I think I headed the ball four times <laughs> in, uh, in those 15 years. Um, it's not my strong point, but I, um, <laughs> but no, it's it, it was a, it was another terrific goal for header uh, for Goldson, and just quite we've seen today, such a threat for, for set pieces, and it's I think. I think it was Craig McAdam that said uh, last week that Goldson's always won those headers. He's just never got them in target until this season. But, um, you know, I think yeah, a lot of people were laughing at Hadji getting the goal, but I think he has to take credit. Sat instinct to run in and chase it in because there's no guarantee that I'm going to go over the line. You know, the keeper, I don't know, somebody may have got to whatever. So it's just that, that forward instinct to go in and make sure it gets over the line. Uh, good awareness from him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ian, I'll, I'll come to yourself. About Hadji, he's, it's obviously been tough for him. We have discussed this. He was, he was probably a star player at the end of last season and he's not been much involved this season. So how do you think he gets back to being a, a regular start on the team? Sunday <laughs> loses form. <laughs> I think is the... I, I just don't see him being in ahead of any of the guys are currently ahead of them, unless their form has a, a, a pretty dramatic dip. Um, I think it just doesn't offer you enough in terms of pace. I, I think he works hard enough and he, he's good for an assist. But I think with with Roof, he gives you a, a bit more of a, predator, a predatory instinct than the box. Um, it probably I'd probably say Roof's work rate's higher. Uh, he's faster, so he probably suits playing out on the right a bit more. Uh, and and the way him and Morelos and Kent have, have interlinked has been has been excellent. So for me, the way Hadji gets back in the team is by somebody else having a drop off. Unfortunately, I, I think Hadji will definitely have a big part to play this season. For me, he's the most likely. Player and I'll include to the likes of Ken, Aribo, and Tavernier. I think he's the most likely to be able to pull something out of nothing when the game isn't going our way. And we've not really seen that this year. There's not been too many times where White Rangers have had to really, really dig deep and defy the odds. I think as we progress in the Europe and, you know, maybe Celtic pick up some form, Hadji's definitely got to be someone who's got to have a big part to play. He is a moments player. We knew that when we signed him, even last year, when he was a form player, we knew he would draft in and out of games and he's going to continue to do that. But I think, you know, even if it is coming off the bench for the last 20 minutes, he's going to be really important at times. Um, I, I'm not saying anyone is, but I wouldn't write him off just yet. Graham, um, it was also nice to see Zungu starting not only are you a refereeing expert, you're also a South African footballing expert, which you confessed in previous episodes. So what did you think of the big man's performance on Thursday? I was very good. Very good. Good player. Um, 
absolutely not an expert in South African football. <laughs> I've maybe watched three South African games in the last year. That's that's good enough for me, mate. <laughs> that qualifies you, but yeah, that's that's my expertise level. No, very impressed with um, Zungu. He's looking good. He's an addition to the midfield. I don't know if he's going to get in there on a permanent basis, but what an what addition to have in the squad. It's um, promising starts again. Promising starts. Looking good. Looking as if he can be brought in for any game. This was not a dead rubber. In my, you know, we needed to win this group. So it wasn't a... I'm not saying we needed to win the group, but what an opportunity it gives us in the next round to be seeded. And, you know, you, you now look at the teams that we could possibly face in Monday compared to what we could have faced. It was important that we win the game. Or, you know, I know we just had to match Benfica, but it was important that we won this game. Um, the amount of changes that were made, Zungu being one of them, and still being able to perform at that level and get a result was uh, yeah, very impressive, I think. Very impressive. Yeah, I don't think anybody had a particular performance on Thursday. So, again, yeah, a, an absolutely terrific achievement um, in general for the full of Europe. And we can look forward to the last last 32 and hopefully the, the draw is good. I'm just not going to sing on that, Scott. Just that's why I think we brought on Tav. We just had to manage that game. I think um, the manager said that after the game as well. Is he's learning? He's learning that he needs to manage a game out. So, as a coaching staff, they're learning. Actually, you know, that's sixty minutes or seventy minutes that that young boy Parsons had to play. His concentration might dip. You know, let's not put him in a position where it could get nervy for the last twenty minutes. Let's get that on and let's manage the game out. So, I think it was the right thing to do. Obviously, I take Ian's point that you know, you're, you're then opening up the risk of a knock. I mean, a, you know, a silly knock that could put you out or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think that was important to see that game out and make sure we did win the game. Another point as well, financially, you get, I can't remember the figures, but for winning the group, and I know you get a more for winning the group and for any victory you get in the Europa League group stage. So, so that's an absolute great point. You know, it's, we had to win it really. Excellent. So we'll, move, we'll look forward now. Um, so we play our quarterfinal during the week against St Mirren and Paisley with a great opportunity to get to Hamden in a semi-final. Colin, I think the next two games, barring any injuries, it's got to be a full-strength team or close as you know, we can for this game and Motherwell uh, next Saturday. So... To keep this run going, so perhaps just a, a couple of changes. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it'll be a case of the manager he kind of evaluates who's you know who's fresh after the game, make sure there's no any the lumps or bumps as they like to call it in the press conferences. But I go back to the point we made at the start. There's no really any sort of variation in this first team squad that can be announced on Wednesday, and you won't be happy with. Um, and I think it's uh, I think it's good to use this word as well. So if you look at the likes of you know, Hadji getting minutes, that's the first time Hadji got minutes uh, in, in a long time uh, on Thursday night. So he could potentially come in on Wednesday if need be and he's not he's not like he's fresh, he's he's got much match sharpness. It's the same way our forwards, Morelos, Defoe, Itten, all of them are featured, so they all should be sharp. Yeah, definitely. 
And uh, as we mentioned, Motherwell next weekend at home, a Saturday 3pm kickoff. Unbelievable. Uh, we hope we can we keep this run going for another three points. And it seems like it seems like ages, you know, we've had a home league game. It's been it was Aberdeen our last one, which just seems absolutely ages ago. So as we added extra to this this week's episode, we're we're also going to look at a few of the first team players who ha, whose contract is expiring at the end of the season, and our thoughts on extending their deals as they they will be available to speak to other clubs as of January. Ian, I'm going to kick off with yourself. One of the the biggest ones who's been extremely important to us is Alan McGregor. I don't think he showed his age once this season. And the fact we've got a dependable backup, John McLaughlin, as we've discussed, to rotate in, it seems as though he's been kept fresh and can play more games. What's your thoughts on extending his deal? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be in favour of extending it. Even if McGregor becomes the backup to McLaughlin next season, which well, I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but it could because... I feel like Ross, uh, sorry, Robbie McCrory's loan this season isn't he really working out. He's 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 no longer playing for Livingston, so I don't know if we could get him back in January and send him somewhere else um, because it looked like he was going to be your either your future goalkeeper or your future backup. But if if he's not getting the minutes that we're looking to get under his belt, then. I think we should be looking at, at, at tying McGregor up for at least another season. Graham, what's your thoughts? You you had um, a few things to say when we were to just to say we're going to discuss this. So, if you get any other other thoughts on this, yeah, I think it's time to cut ties at the end of the season with McGregor. Um, it frustrates the life out of me. His kicking's not up there. Every every kick is going to apart out the park. So. And you say that he's shown, he's not shown his age. I think he's shown his mental age today. Did you see the dive that he made? The guy was nowhere near him, and he's diving, rolling about the floor, shouting at a linesman, shouting at a referee. You know, get on with the game. What is it you're trying to prove here? What is it you're trying to do? So yeah, it's frustrating life for me. I appreciate that he's a legend. He's done so much for Rangers in the last twenty years, but um, yeah, maybe time to start making a making a break although it is a good point to have him around the training ground you know to bring on people like McCrory if he is going to be the future then who else better to be training alongside than somebody like that Um, but yeah I think that's maybe one that we could potentially cut some interesting views what do you think Colin I mean McGregor's going to be 39 next month you mean you look at you know even Juventus they've got Buffon who's forty two he's not their first choice but he plays some bad games for them could it be a similar situation at Rangers? Yeah? The difference is Buffon's not an absolute psychopath. <laughs> um, that is something that annoys me with uh, McGregor as well. He's he's the only the only footballer I know who's broke like played first team football uh, for like on his own spells at a very early age, but he's <laughs> he's got more immature as the years go on. Uh, no, I'd I'd like to see him be around next season, but I'd be concerned if he was our number one, our undisputed number one. I think it's maybe John McLaughlin or if we look, look, look elsewhere and maybe bring in somebody who will be 
first choice. I think you need a very decent backup, and McGregor would be excellent backup. I don't, I don't think we've got another full season, and and is relying on him. Mark Gillespie would be a good signing, eh? <laughs> Get it, okay. <laughs> so I think we've came to a conclusion. So we would like to extend that for a year, maybe not first choice, but in around the place or. You know, as a backup role. So. I'm not sure that's what we did conclude, Scott. But okay, <laughs> you're, you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Colin, we'll move on to yourself. Another very important player in the team, Stephen Davis. Again, played such a big part this season. I don't think he's really feeling in his age. Feeling what his age is. What's your thoughts on on extending his deal? <laughs> Davis for me is similar to McGregor. Like there's there's a reason why he's still he's a couple of years younger than McGregor, but he's an infield player. There's a reason why he's still featuring so much in the in the first team. But again, there's a reason why he's been managed his game time as well. I, I think if we do keep him on, I'd want I'd want somebody replacing his role in the team, and he's in your he's in your squad player. I think it's. I'd be really, really concerned if we are going in next year and Stephen Davis is even one of our first four, um, like our first four picks for the centre midfield because you know I think there's a lot of football we played this season. We're going to have a long break and we we can't we can't rely on that. So I I'd, I'd keep him on, but it's I don't know if he'd be happy having a bit part role. I don't know, he might see himself wanting to play full, you know, play regularly elsewhere, so that may be something that we need to look at. But I'd be really concerned if if he's playing the same amount of game time next season. Any thoughts with, with yourself, Kramerian, regarding Stephen Davis? I think maybe Zungu is what we're looking at is Davis's replacement. You know, getting him in on loan with the option to buy, I think, is, is a good way to have a good look at him. See if he is going to be. I don't think he's going to be up to Stevie Davis's standards, but I think he 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 is the. I think he's being lined up as the replacement, and I, I'd keep Davis about if if Davis is happy to, to play every third game and come on for twenty minutes every now and again, then I'd be more than happy to keep him about because I also think that the younger players can still learn a lot from him, so. Having somebody that has experience and quality about the squad is, is is only going to be good for the younger players. I don't think we're ruling out Davis just yet. I think Davis has got a big part to play. Um, he's a regular starter. He's a regular feature in the team, and I don't see that dropping off next season. Um, the manager said many times how well he looks after himself, how professional he is. Um, I, I'd be signing Davis up another two years I think he's a yeah he's got legs left in him dominates that midfield as I say he was my man in the match today I thought he was fantastic so um, yeah definitely give him a, a new contract if not one then two year I, I'm a you Graham I, I think um, he's there's no signs for me that he's dropping off I think like you look at his first spell at Rangers and he was uh, you know a completely different player but I think he's just as effective in, in this team I like 
I listened to a podcast with Stephen Gerrard and he says he hardly, like, you know, the senior member of the team, he hardly speaks to Stephen Davis because he just looks after himself. He knows how to behave. But then like, with some of the younger players, he, he needs to take them away and talk to them. That's, that's a great professional to have about the club. And as you say, I think, he, he go, especially in Europe, I think he's been fantastic. And I think, you know, whether it be a squad, I think it's an absolute no-brainer to sign him up for a year. And he's obviously a Rangers man. So I'm, I think everybody's agreeing another year for him. Even if we just had him for four old thumbs, I'd, I'd take that, I'd sign him up for a year and just throw him in the games. <laughs> uh, so, Graham, we have Jermaine Defoe. So, do you want to kick us off with that one? What's your, what's your thoughts in terms of extending his deal? No, I think that's one that we need to free up some wages with. Um, seven games this season, probably most of them for the bench. Uh, I don't... It was probably good thinking to bring him in, you know... I think um, the manager likes, we're just mentioning there, Stephen Davis, guys that have got that professionalism. Um, I think Scott Arfield's probably another one of those who have got a professional attitude, uh, do the right things in training, come to training and work hard. I'm pretty sure that's why Jermaine Defoe was brought in, was to start, this is how you act as a football player. This is the sort of things you should be doing. Um, And he's probably been brought in to set an example. I'm pretty sure that example's been set now. I think McGregor, uh, I think Gerard has now stamped his authority on the training ground and said this is how we do things. And I think that um, I think that job that the Defoe has was brought on to do has been fulfilled now. I think we've got the we've got the culture, we've got the the structures in place now, and we've got that mentality. So I don't see what else Jermaine Defoe is going to bring with the amount of strikers that we now have. We've got Itten, Roof, Kent, Morelos, and then you'd hope maybe one comes through from the B team uh, for next season. So I think as opportunities will be limited. The only caveat I would say would be unless he fancies a player-coach type role. So if that's something that Defoe wants to get into, then maybe that's that would be worthy of, a, of another contract and maybe a player coach role but other than that I think yeah I think he served his purpose now Yeah I'm, I'm in a similar situation I'd say he's third or fourth choice centre forward I know we might use him in certain games but he's not going to be on cheap wages and you know as I say he's not featuring as much as, as we'd like to didn't even make the European squad which is not worrying but so we can free him up in these games Nobody can question his quality. I think, you know, we've seen that, was it his 300th goal? You know, the volley he scored, um, I get it was at Livingston. It was just a terrific goal, which he's been doing all his life. So, has anybody got any objections to, to keeping Morelos on at all? Or can anybody see him getting another year? Morelos on the vote. No, I, I agree with you, Graham. I think... Um, I think MD can say that Defoe has not been a good signing. He has been a good signing on the pitch and off the pitch by the looks of it. But no, I think no, time's come that we need to be looking elsewhere. Right now we've got Itton, who we all knew was it's going to be at least a year until we see his full potential. He's probably a, a bit ahead of where he should have been. We've got Kemal Ruth and Norelos. Realistically, one of them will go next year, but I think we need like, to bring in maybe one of the younger strikers into the fold and look to get someone else. 
But I don't know if I'd fancy the four for a player coach role, but I would love him in the coaching team. I think you look at the the sessions that he does with the Rangers Academy and stuff and uh, all the all the youth teams, you can see that's that's something that he's really keen on doing and he's got so much experience in the game, so if he can help if he can help our eighteen, seventeen, sixteen year olds that, that'd be a massive coup. Um, so we'll move on to Leon Balligan. So I'll take this one since we've went around the table. I think this one's a, a really interesting one. So I think we do have a bit more flexibility in this one because we have the option of extending his contract another year. I've made my my praise to, to Balligan very clear. Um, I, 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 don't, I think Hollander's been, been great this year, barring, barring Benfica, but I think Leon Balligan's came in and done a done a really good job in, in terms of getting to speed with the game. I think Hollander took a lot longer to, to bed into Scottish football. I think he's just hit the ground running. I'm not saying he's the the best centre-half I've ever had or the best you know one we have even in our team just now, but I think it's an absolute no-brainer to extend that as well for a, for a year. I think... He's come, I think he suits the Scottish game, getting up physical. I think he likes that. I think Hollander's more st- standoffish. But in terms, we don't know how Katic is going to come back after this injury. It might well necessarily be he'll, he might need to go on loan. I know Katic is very split. People were calling for him to be in last season and, you know, gonna, I'm sure yourself, I'll come to yourself in here. Like, you know, Katic was... You know he should be playing instead of Goldson a lot of the time, but I think in terms of Leon Balgan, I think um, he's he's been not underrated. I think he has had his fair share of praise, but I think he's been a wonderful addition for the the business, especially a free transfer. Oh, absolutely, he's been a, a a tremendous signing. All you have to do is look across at the city and see that they've signed that Diddy Duffy, and they're paying two million and forty grand a week for him and. You know, I wouldn't swap Balogun for him in a, like ever. He's been a terrific bit of business. Came from absolutely nowhere. He said he took. He didn't take as long to, to settle in. I don't know if that's maybe because he's played in in the UK. Style of football is very similar to down south. Uh, maybe just not as physical. I think he settled in fairly quick because of that. Absolutely tremendous piece of business. And my only thing is, I think we should be be looking to uh, improve every year so we should be looking to sign someone better in the summer so and, and I, I'd still want I'd, I'd probably be looking to sign another left-footed centre-half because I do think when Herlander's in there it, it, it's a wee bit more balanced because he's left-footed I'd be looking for another left-footer and, and I'm I'm a massive fan of Katic I think the boy would head on the moon for you and we've seen him in pre-season when he came back. He was an absolute monster. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I hope he comes back. So I'd definitely be keeping Katic and I'd definitely be keeping Goldson now. Uh, I, he's definitely absolutely 100% proved me wrong this season. He's, he's absolutely stepped up. and he's For me, he's been our second best player this season. It, it'd be hard to be the best player the way, with, in any team that has a player playing the way Tav is. I don't know. I'd be maybe tempted to let Balogun go and be looking to maybe sign another left footer who's better than Hellander. 
you, you need to see how Bassey gets on as well, because I, I mean, he's yeah. up against Falkirk, you know, if he keeps progressing, it could be an option there, he's quick, he's strong, I just think for the, the bad business, like, the business we've done, yeah, fair play, but until he makes a glaring bad display, I think it's a no-brainer, so... I, th- I think the Balogun one could depend on potential targets who, who Ross Wilson has in mind if we're, we're looking at someone that they consider. I, I hope they're always looking for a player they consider better or there'd be no point looking at them. It, it's going to depend on who they're looking at, isn't it? Is the player they're looking at... Balogun was quite a... It's a, it wasn't a kind of rushed signing, but it kind of was, if you know what I mean. It was... Katic went out injured and we, we signed him pretty quick. Whereas now we've had a bit of time. The scouts have been doing their work. So they, 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 have they maybe got a, a target they've been watching for longer in mind to come in that isn't so such a kind of quick replacement? Yeah, as I say, there might be, that, that could be a point. It could be future transfer targets, could be Katic's recovery. Could be another injury. Um, you know, there's various other things that could come into play. Budgets as well. Maybe we want to invest our money elsewhere. So, just something else to look forward to for this week as well. We have the draw for the last thirty-two. So, there's some some teams that we can face which would would rather avoid. I'm sure, and some ones that we, we would have no fear for. Well, maybe I've said that wrong. We should fear nobody. Um, especially the, the teams we've faced in the past couple of years, but um, there's some favourable draws, will we say? Graham, do you want to talk us through some of the potential teams that we can we can face in the last thirty-two? Yeah, of course. Uh, so Monday's the the draw for the the cup, the next round of the cup, and the teams that we could face are obviously we by us finishing top of the group, we are seeded. So these are the teams that I'm going to read out are unseeded. So the teams are. Dynamo Kiev, Salzburg, Granada, Krasnodar, Lille, Maccabi Tel Aviv, Molde, Olympiakos, Real Sociedad, Red Star Belgrade, Royal Antwerp, RZ Pellets, Slavia Prague, Sporting Braga and Young Boys. So that's the full list of teams that we could be drawn against on Monday. I guess for me, a couple that stick out there are uh, RZ Pellets, who sound like somebody from the five-a-side Pitts League. <laughs> I would take them, only because I've never um, seen any of their games or know anything about them, but I guess anybody that's got this far in the competition deserves, deserves some respect. Um, Krasnodar, Quite fancy we dig at them. Leo, having watched them slay Celtic, absolutely take them no problem. He would destroy that team. Um, yeah, that's young boys. We've got history with them. We've got recent history history with them. Who would we want to avoid there? I guess um, Slavia Prague, maybe Dino Kiev. So there are still some big big teams in there that we might want to avoid, but um, yeah, maybe you, Scott, is there anything that sticks out for you there? I 
think there might be the avoiding ones. Uh, I think Real Sociedad would be a, a one you'd really want to avoid. Um, is that um, David Silva's team? I think they are absolutely flying the La Liga. So um, I don't, I don't fear them. I think in, in terms, if you'd asked me before, um, you know, before the season started, uh, we'd have been playing Leo. I would have been. Not terrified, but as I said, that we're up against a real good team. Like the amount of money they spent as well, they're, they're not there. But you know, I, I really don't fear them there. But I don't fear Spanish teams. I think Spanish teams are technically superior to anyone we faced. I know the Benfica were really good, um, but I think that's the big one that I would want to avoid. I'll be yourself, Ian. Yeah, definitely. Sociedad. I said it in each one of the chats the other night. Sociedad are the team to avoid for me. I think coming up against any of the other teams, you know, I, I wouldn't be too. Celtic managed to beat Lille, so they can't be that good. But yeah, there's if so the one that uh, Graham was mentioning, like never heard of them either. So, but I think not they're Austrian. Don't know anything about them. But uh, the Slavia Prague boss has come out and said he wanted he does. So I'd hope to get them and pump them. <laughs> Colin, any thoughts on the who we could face? Who we could face, or we could face any any one of the teams. <laughs> um, I think that's my prediction. Will definitely be one of them. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'd want to avoid Sociedad and you know the likes of Dino Kiev and that. I think uh, I don't know if it's that's ingrained in my head for when we got Panathinaikos and. 2003 and they've done us in at home in the Champions League but um, I always feel like Turkish and Greek teams are it's a really hard place to go to and you think fans might be back in by then I'd want to avoid Olympiacos I'm not saying they're a great team but it's just a difficult place to go to, difficult place to go to in terms of even the travelling and the atmosphere over there um, I think yeah, it's a potential potential slip up for any team but I'm I'm Happy we're in the drawing. Um, there's no one there who, as you say, we shouldn't be fearing. If Rangers are at their best, we will at least give any one of those teams a game. Absolutely. No, definitely. So that's, um, I think it's 12 o'clock, the, the draw for that um, on there. I've, I never understand, like the Champions League draw takes about an hour and a half or something. All they're doing is putting 16 people names at a hat. I don't know how it takes so long for that. So we're watching that, working from home anyway. Move on to the final bit of the show, uh, the Twitter part of the week. So the best thing you've seen in social media, funny or you know something you enjoyed seeing. So, uh, Colin, do you want to kick us off with what you've seen? Uh, um, when we when, when we talked to Drip on Thursday night, obviously there was a lot of there was a lot of tweets going about. Kind of what Graham probably read one of them out. Here's all the potential teams we can face in the last day two. In one of the comments, somebody replied uh, back with a list of all the Champions League teams. And <laughs> the comment was a breakdown of who we could face in the Super Cup draw in August. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Ian, have you got anything for us? Uh, my one I seen was, uh, I seen it earlier today, and it was, come on, Kelly, give us our usual Sunday riot. <laughs> <laughs> Ready if you don't. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not going too well. Yeah, you can see the scholar now. So unfortunately, they've, they've, they've ruined the perfect Sunday. Ready for Kilmarnock. <laughs> Graham, if you got anything you've seen as well? Uh, just the banners. The amount of spelling mistakes I'm a, 
very pedantic and things like that. But the amount of banners that are going up with they just can't spell. It's ridiculous, you know. It's but oh, that always gives me a chuckle. But maybe that's just maybe that's me just being a wee bit pedantic. But yeah, it always makes me laugh. This the thought of it. I know it's been maybe talked about a lot, but the fact that they're so entitled, they feel so entitled to get these results and get these, it's absolutely hilarious to me that they just are starting riots and chasing the bus down the street. It's yeah, hilarious to me. No, I was actually my mind was sack the board was uh, <laughs> my personal favourite. Um, but I actually seen um, Alan McCoy's Instagram. It was uh, he was filming because um, he was doing the commentary, obviously, and he was he was filming Gary Mack, and Gary Mack was actually warming up before the game. If he's if you if you're listening, I give it a chance. But he was actually like passing the ball as if he was going to be playing. He was like, "There's my old Scotland teammate," and it was like, "Oh, he's still got a bit about him." And he was actually pinging it first time passing. None, never lose it. So I enjoyed seeing that as well. So, uh, so that's all for us uh, for this week. Thank you to Colin, Graham, and Ian for your time today. It's always a pleasure. Just as we record this, um, as unfortunately it wasn't wasn't to be the the ready for Kelly. Well, it is going to be a ready for Kelly. Sorry, um, it's two 0 to Celtic. But otherwise, an absolute great Sunday again. Thank you all for listening, and have a good week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.